It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up and welcome into another edition of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, James Rapine. Jake Lisko going to join me shortly right here on Locked On Bengals. Plenty to get to on today's episode. And today's show brought to you by NFL Game Pass. This season, get football in your time with NFL Game Pass. See all the action from every game with full game replays. You can also replay an entire game and catch all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. We're packed today. Let's start with the flurry of roster moves the Bengals made on Tuesday ahead of their Thursday night football matchup against the Cleveland Browns. Then I'm going to pass the baton to Jake. He isn't going to join me. I lied 30 seconds ago. Instead, Jake's going to take over and discuss the matchup with the Browns, stats that stand out to him, and and individual matchups that are going to be crucial in this game. We're stacked. We're packed. We're loaded. Thank you for joining us today here on Locked on Bengals. And let's dive right on in because... Well, the Bengals made a bunch of moves, and they claimed a kicker. That's right. They claimed former Browns kicker who was released on Monday. Austin Seibert is now a member of your Cincinnati Bengals. The 23-year-old was a fifth-round pick by the Browns in 2019. The reason the Bengals did it? No, it wasn't to replace Randy Bullock, who I know some of you are upset with. It was insurance. We all have insurance for a reason And that's what the Bengals are doing. They're making sure they have another kicker on hand for Thursday night's game, just in case Randy Bullock has calf cramps again. He was listed as a full participant on the injury report on Tuesday. The Bengals only had a walkthrough. It wasn't a full practice, which is probably not much different for the kicker regardless. Zach Taylor said he expects Randy to play. This isn't a competition. He's the starting kicker. So don't worry there. No controversy. Whether that's good or bad, you be the judge. As far as Seibert goes, he jumps to the Bengals' 53-man roster. He's made 25 of 30 field goal attempts during his career of 17 games. He had a career-high 53-yarder last year for the Browns, but he missed two kicks on Sunday in Cleveland's 38-6 beatdown at the hands of the Baltimore Ravens. So they replaced him with veteran kicker Cody Parkey, who was on their practice squad. I don't blame them. I also don't blame the Bengals for doing what they did. You had to have some kind of insurance policy. You can't lose because of the kicking game again because, what, Randy Bullock's injured? You really want Kevin Huber, your punter, to have to potentially kick a game-winning field goal? No. You got to go out and you get someone. The Bengals use their top waiver priority. Get a kicker who was a fifth-round pick. Get a kicker who if he had made a field goal last week, would still probably be on the Browns' active roster. And the reason they went after him and nobody else, because I know you guys are probably moaning and groaning, 
He was already in the NFL's COVID-19 protocol. That takes days to get through, multiple days. So given a short week, given that the Bengals didn't have anyone else on their practice squad that could kick, you know, they didn't have a kicker or a punter kicker, anything like that, they had to go this route. It was a smart move by Zach Taylor. To make room for Austin Seibert, they placed Xavier Suofilo on injured reserve. The right guard suffered a left ankle injury against the Chargers on Sunday. He's going to miss multiple weeks. Not a surprise there. Not a surprise one bit. You put him on injured reserve. He's going to be out at least three weeks. You can bring him back. There's an unlimited number of players you can bring back from IR this year. Uh, So Billy Price, you're starting right guard on Thursday against the Browns. But the Bengals weren't done there. I said a flurry of roster moves, and I meant it. They also released cornerback Torrey McTire and promoted defensive end Amani Bledsoe to the 53-man roster. You may be asking, well, why did they do that? Well, it's because Geno Atkins, still dealing with that shoulder injury, wouldn't have practiced today had there been a practice, even though it was a walkthrough. Mike Daniels, dealing with a groin injury, also missed practice or missed the walkthrough, but wouldn't have practiced today. So the the injury report tomorrow is going to be a big indicator. I don't expect Atkins to play. If Daniels can't go, then it's going to be a lot of Christian Covington and Andrew Brown next to DJ Reader, which means you need another end. You need a guy like Amani Bledsoe who can play on the edge if you need him to. Not that they're going to plan on him getting a bunch of snaps because in a perfect world, he wouldn't get any snaps, right? It'd be Dunlap. It would be Hubbard. It'd be Carl Lawson. And then you'd get Khaled Kareem in there a bit. But you need to be prepared. And a guy like Bledsoe, he was active on Sunday. The Bengals added him from the practice squad. He was one of the two players they promoted from the the practice squad to the 53-man, which you can do this year with COVID-19 and everything like that. So a lot of moving parts, and I look ahead to this matchup against the Browns, I can't imagine having to face Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and the way that they need to run the ball in Cleveland right now with the pressure on them and only having really DJ Reader as your guy. Obviously, we've kind of assumed that Atkins wasn't going to play on a short week. They'll probably give him another week. But you need Mike Daniels. You need him to be a rotational piece. If you don't have him, you're in trouble. I mean, you're in trouble. I don't know what they're going to do. If if they don't have Geno Atkins or Mike Daniels, how can you expect this team to contain the best tandem, the running back tandem in the league? Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, the Browns have some injuries on the offensive line. I get that. You know, you, you could talk about that as much as you want. But my God, I you saw it when DJ Reader went out the other night. What happened? against the Chargers. They ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it, ran it. Eckler, five yards. Eckler, six yards. Josh Kelly, seven yards. Josh Kelly, touchdown. That's what they did. And if I'm the Browns and I see this, I'm going to give the ball to these guys 40 times and I'm going to say, stop us with your young linebackers. I'm going to tire DJ Reader out because as great as he is and as effective as he was on a short week, you really going to be able to do that for four quarters? You really going to do that? Christian Covington, what about you? So there you go, because there's so many angles to this matchup. That's the one to me. If you don't have Mike Daniels and he's not in there to just clog up running lanes next to DJ Reader, and it doesn't feel like Geno Atkins has a shot at playing, even though the team calls him day to day. Well, then, man, if I'm Kevin Stefanski, we are going to run the ball. Everyone's talking about Odell and Baker. Those two dudes aren't even getting looks in the first quarter. It's going to be all Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb and vice versa. The farthest, 
Baker Mayfield's going to throw it as a screen pass because I'm going to test these linebackers in the pass game. Heck, by the way, that's one area where looking back, the Bengals just completely whiffed. And you don't really have to look back, but Joe Mixon has to be more involved in the passing game. Anyways, for more on this matchup, stay tuned. Jake Lisko coming up next. Plenty to dive into. It's the Battle of Ohio on Thursday night football. It doesn't get any bigger. I will be there. And to start previewing it, Jake Lisko. Going to jump on the pod next to discuss specific matchups, so stay tuned for that. But first, a word from NFL Game Pass. Because this season, you got to get football in your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout starts from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, there's no All-22 up yet, so I wasn't able to go back and revisit some of the plays that I was going to talk about today. So that means that we're going to instead look forward and get into the Browns-Bengals matchup, which is really, by the time you're listening to this, either a day or two days away. And I really dislike short weeks. They don't give me enough time. Now Now that I'm you know, a content producer here doing this podcast every day, they don't give me enough time to process the previous game before I feel like I have to move on to the next one. And you know, it is what it is. We only have to do it once this season. We're getting it out of the way early And we're going to start with when the Bengals are on the field. We're going to look ahead to Sunday's matchup. We're going to go through the same way I did last week. And I started it on Tuesday, too. We just, this week, don't have time for the mailbag with the game coming up on Thursday. Tomorrow, we're going to be bringing that crossover your way tomorrow night. We're going to hear from Jeff Lloyd. But let's just get into it from my perspective first. We all saw Bobby Hart struggle with Joey Bosa last week and and I'm starting with the offense and and for me the matchups that are scary for, for the Bengals in this game are all in the trenches like when the Bengals are when the Bengals are on the field anyway the the only matchup to me that skews in the Browns favor is in the trenches they don't have the secondary they don't have the corners that that LA had although Denzel Ward should be pretty good with Greedy Williams and Kevin Johnson, though, continuing not to practice for the Browns, and I, I would be doubtful that they would play this week, the cornerbacks that they're going to be playing instead, on the outside, across from Denzel Ward, is going to be Terrence Mitchell, and in the slot, 
is going to be a guy named Tavier Thomas, who I have never heard of before. And he was apparently an undrafted free agent out of Ferris State in 2018. So that's the cornerback room that's going to have to deal with John Ross, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, and really all seven of the Bengals receivers because apparently the, the game plan is to use to go seven deep at receiver with even Alex Erickson getting four snaps on offense last week. So the wide receiver matchup to me, very, very good. And I think no matter who they have in, I mean, I don't feel great about Mike Thomas on Denzel Ward, but the rest of them, Joe Burrow should be able to find guys. And the way that he's going to be able to find guys really is if the offensive line can play a little bit better, a little bit more consistently, a little bit earlier in the game. Mike Jordan had a really good game. According to PFF in particular, he he has a trap block that was highlighted by Ben Fennell on Twitter today in the run game. He was solid in pass protection. Trey Hopkins was his usual solid self. Jonah Williams had a few incidents where he had problems with Joey Bosa because Joey Bosa is incredible and he got beat inside a couple times, but you should expect that with Jonah Williams as a first-year player, as a guy who will have issues sometimes getting beat inside, but more than that, he held his own. Xavier Suofilo was a guy, again, who graded pretty well for PFF, but instead, Billy Price gets his shot. And so this is this is where it starts to get concerning on the right side, right? With Billy Price, who has struggled in the NFL, but has another chance this week. And Bobby Hart, who, again, is going to have issues with a guy like Miles Garrett across from him. The Cleveland Browns defensive line has generally been addressed with a lot of resources, a lot of money by that organization they they obviously have miles garrett and he's going to probably be a problem but inside they've now got sheldon richardson who's been one of the better interior players in the nfl for a pretty long time and adrian claiborne who they bring in and he's obviously on the wrong side of 30 32 years old hasn't been great lately but probably a pretty good nickel interior rusher. And the thing is that besides him, they've got Larry Ogunjobi, who had a fantastic week one on the defensive interior. And so those guys are definitely scary. And then there's Olivier Vernon, who has a track record of being a pretty good pass rusher, but wasn't very good in week one. So so really, that's it. That's a unit that is independently concerning for the Bengals, especially after we saw how poorly their offensive line played in the first half, in particular of week one. Took Joe Burrow a long time to find a rhythm to get comfortable, and largely that's because the the plays where he wants to take shots downfield, you know, they, they only took a few shot plays. He missed a couple of them that, that he had good protection. A couple others, he, he didn't like his options, apparently, and I want to go back and look at those plays. But outside of that, he's forced into three-step drops a lot. And Joe Burrow, when he held the ball, wasn't very good. And when he didn't get rid of it quickly, his stat line suffered and, and he, he didn't do a great, well, he, he actually did a pretty good job of dealing with pressure. I think only one sack is attributed to him by PFF. And I think I agree with that. That's the first sack of the game. They go five wide. He has T Higgins on one side and I don't recall who's on the other side, but they just immediately sit down. They don't even run routes. And Joe Burrow has those as hot reads. So when the pressure comes immediately, instead of trying to bail, which he was very successful with at uh, LSU, he, he runs into Jerry Tillery. Instead of that, if he just throws it either away or to one of those receivers standing there, it's not a sack. So I think that that one was on Joe Burrow. There's another couple times that he stepped up a little prematurely in the pocket. So those are things to watch this week with Burrow to see how comfortable he is in those pockets to see if they are 
better pockets than they were last week. But but similar mismatches here for the Bengals to exploit. Carl Joseph and Andrew Sandejo, not a good tandem at safety for the Browns. You, you cannot be remotely comfortable with that at the back end if you're the Cleveland Browns. The linebackers also, I think, not really anything that you can be too terribly happy about. They've got Jacob Phillips apparently starting, and they've got in the middle BJ Goodson, who is absolutely terrible in week one, and Sion Takitaki, who stays out there on uh, on third downs as well. And again, that's that's not a group that's very scary. Much much like the the Chargers last week, the linebackers and the safeties are not a very good group, especially with Mac Wilson, who has been surprisingly, I don't want to say good, but okay at linebacker. I think he's missing time with injuries as well. In fact, the Browns' entire injury report on the defensive side of the ball includes uh, Phillips, who I mentioned is, is currently penciled in as a starter, includes Olivier Vernon, who's again dealing with an abdominal injury, Greedy Williams not practicing with the shoulder I mentioned earlier, and Wilson has a knee injury as well. So I wouldn't expect most of those guys to play, and some of them will be limited probably even if they do play. So compared to last week, it's it's similar on paper, right? Except I think that the cornerback room for the Chargers is a little bit worse, and I think that Joey Bosa is probably better than Miles Garrett at this point in his career, and, and they don't really have that second edge rusher, especially if Olivier Vernon is limited. But the interior defensive line, especially Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi, could be problems. So we'll see if Mike Jordan can continue his positive momentum. We'll see if Trey Hopkins, you know, can continue to be the solid center that he is. And Billy Price has a big chance to prove that he belongs in the NFL. He has three weeks to take a job. Three weeks to uh, of live game action to prove that he belongs in the NFL. And he has some good competition this week that he's going to have to deal with. And and overall, you've probably noticed, and we'll talk about this tomorrow in our in our official game preview. Hopefully, I'll have a chance to look at some Browns tape too. They were awful against the Ravens on defense, on offense, and they they couldn't cover. And and the the whole back half of this defense has got to be really scary for Browns fans right now. They they're great in the trenches, and and that's got to be scary for Bengals fans. But besides that. I really don't see anything here that's that's scary. So if the Bengals can get their shit together on the offensive line and be like below average instead of having one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen from an offensive line in pass blocking, this game should be better. It'll be interesting to see if the Bengals can run the ball on the defensive line here. Like I said, Ogunjobi, Richardson, both very good players, especially against the run. I don't see a ton of really scary run defenders though, so... Whatever Zach Taylor comes with this week, if, if they're not successful against this Browns defensive unit, I, I think it's fair to start raising some alarm flags a little bit because this is a week that, that they should be able to get things done. If you go back to the Bengals' first 15 plays last week, they were near the bottom of the league in terms of success rate on those scripted plays. So got to come out better. Got to come out more prepared. They have the advantage of tape this week. No early miscommunications on the offensive line, right? That's something that they talked about and blamed a lot last week. You can't have guys coming free. And and if they do some of that, I disagree with Brian Baldinger. If any of you guys uh, watched his video talking about the Bengals going empty too much, don't think they went empty too much. I think that that caters to Burrow's strengths and letting him learn in the NFL how he's going to have to adapt is the way to go. 
Coming up next, I'll get into the other side of the ball. When the Bengals' defense is on the field, the Browns' offense on paper continues to be pretty scary. Their offensive line much improved, but the injury report, again, pretty scary for the Browns on a short week. I'll get into the matchups when the Browns have the ball against the Bengals' defense coming up next. Today's episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. You guys have heard us talk about rockauto.com for its simplicity, for its great prices, for its ease of use, its convenience for weeks, and I'm just going to hammer those points home again. The great thing about rockauto.com is they don't have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. They're the same for everyone. They're reliably low. They've got parts ranging from fuel pump assemblies to to the simple stuff like air filters and motor oil. They've got pretty much anything you need for any car you might be driving and they'll deliver it right to your house. So go support a family business. They've been doing it for 20 years. Check out the website. You'll see how easy it is to use and navigate. Head on over to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Get what you need and then get out of there, right? Locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's take a look at this game when the Browns are on the field, starting with the injuries affecting this Browns offense right now. For one, Jack Conklin didn't practice today. He wouldn't have practiced yesterday. He's got an ankle injury, a finger injury, and that is a significant loss because he was a big upgrade for them and a big part of why their offensive line has improved. Center J.C. Treader limited two days in a row with a knee injury. Jedrick Wills, the rookie, limited two days in a row with a shin injury. On offense, Jarvis Landry, who had hip surgery in the offseason, probably just got a rest day today, but we'll have to monitor it tomorrow. He didn't practice on Tuesday with that hip injury. And Chris Hubbard, another tackle for the Browns, has been limited for a couple of days. So when we look at who the Browns are expected to roll out there on the offensive line in the first matchup I'm going to look at when the Browns have the ball, let's assume that Jedrick Wills is going to play even if he's been limited in practice he's been practicing in some capacity so I assume he's going to play barring a setback so that'll be the left tackle for the Browns left guard penciled in as Joel Batonio center JC Treader if he can go and if he can't it will be rookie Nick Harris who was drafted in the fifth round out of Washington right guard Wyatt Teller who they traded for from Buffalo was great in their week one game against Baltimore And if Jack Conklin can't go, it would be Chris Hubbard, but Chris Hubbard also on that injury report. And if he can't go, I imagine it would be the other tackle they've got listed on the roster backing up Jedrick Wills, who's Kendrell Lamb. So those would be the guys that they'd be facing on the offensive line. And the Bengals' defensive line, honestly, to me, was disappointing last week. The pass rush wasn't always there. And and even when it did get home and Sam Hubbard got home, 
maybe once or twice. He got stiff-armed out of a play. I've talked about that. Carlos Dunlap didn't, didn't really do a whole lot of anything, and he probably was getting the largest dose of the Brown, of the uh, Chargers' best offensive lineman in, in Brian Bulaga, but the test doesn't get easier this week. The Chargers' offensive line that the Bengals faced last week, unless they've all taken massive leaps forward, which I guess is possible, remember they were missing their starting center. They were missing their starting right guard, so they had to move players around call guys up off the practice squad, and the only above-average starter from 2019 that was on that line that the Bengals couldn't really get consistent pressure against was the right tackle, Brian Bulaga. Now, Baker Mayfield hasn't been very good this year, but this offensive line, I shouldn't say this year because it's only been one game. He hasn't been very good for, well, since his rookie year. And this Browns offensive line was one of the excuses last year, but in, in their first game against Baltimore, all these guys graded out average plus to all the way up to elite if you're Wyatt Teller, who was the top graded guard for pro football focus in week one. So the offensive line could present a problem. They they could absolutely dominate the trenches. And, and the way that Cleveland can really, in my opinion, take control of this game is with their two running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Those guys are both really good running backs. They've got a pretty good offensive line at this point. And if they can run the ball down the Bengals' throat, like we saw a few teams do to the Bengals last year, that could be a problem. Now, the good news for the Bengals is that DJ Reader's on the team now, and he, when he was on the field, made a very obvious impact in their run defense because when he went off the field, the Chargers suddenly were able to run the ball really a whole lot better. The other big improvement for the Bengals in run defense is Josh Bynes, who, when he's on the field for those two downs, uh, two downs when he is on the field and in those short yardage situations on third down, he was very good as a run defending linebacker and, and was reliable. He was a good tackler. He was getting to the ball on time. He was playing with good gap discipline. And we'll ha- we're, we're going to have to see more of that from, from Jermaine Pratt, who got out of his gap on one big run. And while he's still a good tackler, you know, he, he's still a young, improving player. And, and the linebackers have another chance to prove that they're up to the task this week against another running game that projects to be pretty good. And, and I thought the running defense for the Bengals was pretty good last week, despite how how many yards they ended up giving up. And, and like I said, they got out of their gap there with Jermaine Pratt on one big run for the Chargers. And, and when, when DJ Reader went out late in the game for a drive, things kind of fell apart. They are missing Geno Atkins. And if Mike Daniels can't play this week, then you start to have some concerns in the trenches for sure. But Carlos Dunlap is still a really good player. You expect him to bounce back, even if he has to play against... Conklin, who who at this point I would have to call doubtful as he hasn't practiced all week, he should have a good matchup again. So in the trenches, uh, the Browns have an improved defense, uh, offensive line, sorry, and, and they could run the ball. And, and that's the fear. The Browns do lose David Njoku, who had a big first week for them, but now we'll get to see Austin Hooper at tight end and see if the Bengals can handle him. He was one of their big free agent acquisitions, so I imagine he's going to get some run as They did use their tight ends against Baltimore a fair amount, including David Njoku, who had a pretty good game. Outside, the Browns go Odell Beckham Jr., who just has no connection whatsoever with Baker Mayfield, and in week one was the 103rd best wide receiver in the league out of 105, according to PFF. I don't even know who the guy starting on the other side outside, according to this particular depth chart, is Kaderil Hodge. I'm not very afraid of Kaderil Hodge and Jarvis Landry in the slot. So again, you, you have a couple of receivers here that are pretty good. 
And and I think the weapons uh, in the receiving game for the Browns are not as good as as what the the Bengals saw in Los Angeles, which, which sounds crazy, right? Because Odell Beckham Jr. Right, but but Keenan Allen is is right up there as one of the best receivers in the league. He didn't do much of anything meaningful against the Bengals, and Mike Williams, one of the better deep threats in the league, he had an okay day. He actually had a pretty good day, but the Bengals could control him. Jarvis Landry in the slot could be a problem over the middle. That's where the Bengals did struggle, where rookies uh, Logan Wilson and Akeem Davis-Gaither occasionally got picked on in zone coverage when uh, Tyrod Taylor could find his wide receivers or tight ends or even running backs in matchups in the zones with the linebackers. So that will have to improve this week, but they are rookies. That was their first NFL action. And and I want to believe that they can at least get a little bit better. Finally, we, we have to talk about the quarterback. Baker Mayfield has not been good for a long time and was pretty bad in week one. He wasn't accurate. He couldn't get on the same page with Odell Beckham Jr. And, and he's holding the ball. He's not thriving under pressure the way that a lot of people thought he might and the way that he, he extended plays at Oklahoma. That just hasn't translated in the last really two years for him at this point in the NFL. And with Jesse Bates back there having one of the best days, if not the best safety day, of any uh, any safety in the NFL in week one, and William Jackson the third having a pretty good day, Mackenzie Alexander having a great day in coverage, Darius Phillips, again, up and down. Wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals have a little bit of an edge in the secondary against these Browns wide receivers and their quarterback. But the question, really on both sides of the ball, comes down to the trenches. Because if you can't get pressure on Baker, if you can't get pressure on any NFL quarterback, at some point, they're going to beat you. And, and if they don't go quick passing all day the way the Chargers did, and they, and they put that trust in that offensive line and get some longer developing plays in here, then you start to have a little bit more concern for that back end of the defense because it gets harder for them. So for the Bengals, as, as it always seems to, it starts up front, and if, if the defensive line can combine a good day against a good offensive line and the secondary can play pretty well, then it... it really comes down to oh, how does Baker play? How did the how how well do the Browns run the ball? Are they ripping off giant runs and scoring points off of busted plays? Because the Bengals gave up three, four big plays against the Chargers. They'll want to limit that this week. And on the offensive side of the ball, just to to wrap things up, when Joe Burrows got the ball, he needs better protection this week because the the back seven for the Browns they just don't scare me. Denzel Ward could be a very good player, but it's just not enough with some of the injuries I have elsewhere. We'll talk to Jeff from Lockdown Browns tomorrow to get his take, see what kind of opinions he might have from the Browns' point of view. He obviously watched them have a very, very pathetic showing against Baltimore in Week 1. Both these teams really banged up headed into Week 2. And we're just going to have to see how it goes. I'm looking forward to Joe Burrow having a little bit of a bounce back game here. But really, we we, we can't say it enough. It's going to come down to that offensive line, I think, in a lot of ways. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with Jeff from Lockdown Browns. James and I will be back together to get you ready for week two. Coming your way three days ahead of your normally scheduled football. Until then, Bengals fans, hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.